These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the funniest people I know. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are my very funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat. Hello. And Abigail Williams. Hello, America, and the global community. What? We are a global <laughs> podcast. I just like to say it. It's a tribute to Bernie Mac, okay? He's one of my favorite Aww. comedians. Oh, I feel you there. Before we get started, Abigail, I learned something about you recently from somebody that we both know. Director Lori Gardner told me that you sang the national anthem at the Braves game. I did. Which is freaking <laughs> awesome. Thank you. You know, I see her every week. She didn't mention it at all. So I'm calling you out right here on the show. Okay. Tell us well, about that. How was that? I got to say, you're not the only one to call me out. I woke up the next morning to a lot of angry texts, actually, <laughs> <laughs> from friends saying, why the heck didn't you tell me you're singing at the Braves game? I suffer from fear at times when it comes to certain gigs and part of the way that I manage that fear is to either get things over with quickly or not talk about it so I got asked to sing at the Braves game and they gave me several different options for dates but one of them was two days from the day they were asking and I was like bingo that's it (laughs) talk about it it was a sold out game at 50% capacity so I couldn't bring people with me besides my husband and my sister so I was like well I'll just tell people later. And if it goes terrible, I'll never mention it. You know, like, <laughs> great. I'll talk about it. I had a good time. The The kickback in that stadium is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I went in there for a mic check, which is optional. If anybody out there ever is going to sing a national anthem in any stadium, I recommend you do this optional mic check because here's how it goes down. You start singing into your little microphone. Oh, say, and all of a sudden, oh, say. (laughs) When I say you can't hear what's in your own head that you are singing, I mean it. I've heard a lot of fails for people singing the national anthem. We all have. And you wonder why, why? These people sometimes will start singing gibberish because they can't figure out what words they're actually singing because the ones they just sang are louder than the ones they're trying to sing. I don't know what happened to Fergie. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I think that was just a completely different ball game. I... Looked for the video. I could not find it. But Lori said you did a beautiful job. So congratulations on that. I bet that was a big honor. We're going to kick off the show with a round of what's making us laugh. Abigail, what's making you laugh this week? This week I'm laughing at Lego larceny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Apparently George is too. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Alex, what's making you laugh this week? Elon Musk. <laughs> well, at least somebody's laughing at him. Is it a baffled laugh or is it like a, oh, you're funny? <laughs> mm, no comment. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. We'll save it. And I'm laughing at myself at my reaction when I heard the news, the return of Benefer. <gasps> the, what? Benefer Benefer? Like nah. 90s Benefer? I think it's uh-uh. Audis, but that's what I heard. Listen, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Benefer, that's my vote. Okay. I'm going I'll, for the I'll, tea. I'll go with you.
I saw this this week, and I gasped like this. I went, <gasps> like that. Oh, <laughs> oh my gasped. gosh. I love at when people head- say that word. At the headline, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, quote, picked up where they left off on a week-long vacation. Mm. Uh-uh. We don't normally do celebrity gossip on this show, so to catch you all up, J-Lo recently announced a famous engagement breakup with her athlete boyfriend. I'm assuming she broke up with him because I can't imagine a reason to break up with J-Lo. She's done. Yeah. I can see that, though. Something happened. And Ben Affleck also had a recent high-profile breakup, so they're both single and ready to mingle. And apparently they went on vacation together in Montana at the Yellowstone Club. According to E! News, Ben reached out to her after the breakup to see how she was doing, and they had dinner mm-hmm. with them. Oh, yeah, sure. I bet he did. I bet he did. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the most obvious thing ever is when you reach yeah. out to an ex. You're like, I heard you right. up. I hope you're okay. I'm here oh. for you. I'm here for you. Just as a friend. Just as a friend. Yeah, yeah. No, my pants are that happened with a That right. happened with another Jennifer and a Mr. Brad Pitt. After her breakup, but there's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. I can't even talk about that because I have a lot of anger about that. Keeping my eye on the celebrity gossip, I always liked that couple. It was my favorite of the two benefers. Oh. I'm rooting for them. You know, it happens. You get into your mid fifties. You're single. Let's stop your right Favorite there. ex is single. They're in their mid fifties and they're still <laughs> playing around like they're in middle school. Ooh, <laughs> I just wanted to see how you were doing. Maybe you hadn't heard I yes. too recently single. <laughs> What a coincidence. What? Do you ever really leave middle school? I mean, at least he didn't have Matt Damon send her a note. That's real. I guess. How do we know he didn't? They have private lives. <laughs> That's the they next might. funny people oh, You know what? He did. Matt Damon had to hit her up first just to see if she was still <laughs> Hey, Jay, cool. I'm just curious. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like you yeah. kind of want to get back out there? Like, I'm just trying to gauge. It's not for me. <laughs> not for me. How did you and Ben leave things off? Yeah, I've been talking to Ben lately. You remember Ben, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been talking to him. Mm-hmm. I'm wishing Benifer the best. We're yeah, not that kind too. of podcast, so we probably will not be keeping up with their <laughs> relationship, but I'm sure. But you the can, internet. America. E News. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Get on the internet. <laughs> Our big plug for E News. <laughs> <laughs> Our newest sponsor. okay we're back for the rematch everyone has been waiting for abigail versus alexandria going head to head in the 11th grade spelling bee. Mm. I want to say this. When I mentioned that we upped the stakes to 11th grade, I got a lot of crap from this group. It was like, <laughs> the 11th graders don't do spelling bees. But when I typed in 11th grade spelling bee words, guess what came up? You're a big fat cheater is what came up, looking up words. I did that before <laughs> we decided we were doing this. <laughs> anyway. All right, Alex, if Abigail suddenly knows all these words. I can already guarantee you I ain't winning this <laughs> mess. <laughs> okay. I so. love Abigail, but no. I don't, I don't. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, I went and did my homework, and I have found some 11th grade spelling words, and we shall begin. Who's going first? I'll go first. Okay, Abigail, the first word, I know you know this one, is blasphemy. <laughs> I don't know if 
whether you're a jerk or not. <laughs> you know I know this. Blasphemy. Okay. <clears throat> Blasphemy. B L A S C H E M Y. That is correct. I get all mixed up in my mind, man. <laughs> Blasphemy. I would have the same thing. Okay, Alexandria, you ready? Oh, I'm nervous. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your word is renaissance. Oh, Jesus. Okay. That's a great word. I can't spell it, but it's a great <laughs> word. This is simple. The renaissance. Oh, my God, don't say it because now, okay. I'm trying to help I you. <laughs> I know I'm going to butcher this. Okay. R-E-N-A. Hey, George, stop shaking your head. <laughs> What's your bull crap right there? <laughs> I N A I um S A N C E. Oh, there are two S's. I oh. thought so. Oh. Oh. God, that would have got me too, Alex. That would have got me too. I almost said two S's. I thought there might have been correct. I'm glad he didn't give me that word. Thank God it was blasphemy. A oh word I use God. all the time. <laughs> That was stressful. Oh, That's okay. what happens in the 11th grade. They give you words with unnecessary letters. Mm. Like blasphemy. That's a stupid word when you really think about it. But I digress. Okay. Abigail, if you spell this right, you win. Oh, my gosh. Your word is metamorphosis. I thought you were going to say meta, and then the word just kept going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> this word of my life. <laughs> Metamorphosis. Welcome to junior year. I can't go back there. Metamorphosis. M-E-T-A-M-O-R-P-H. And here's where it gets dicey. Metamorph. A-S-I-S. I'm just going to go for it. I'm sorry. It is O-S-I-S. All right, Alexander, you're still in this. Your word is absolve. Okay. Absolve. A B S O L V E absolve. That is correct. Did you get these spelling words off of a Catholic website by any chance? <laughs> you know what? Maybe this might have been a Catholic school. Or is it Deacon list? That's really funny. The next word is patriarch. Patriarch, of course it is. Yeah, okay. P A T R I A R C H. That is correct. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Alexandria, your word is concise. Mm, concise. C O N C I S E. That's correct. Good job. Alright, your word Wait, what's the score right now? We're tied if you get this one correct. Your word is idyllic. Oh, I really hate this word. I-D-Y-L-L-I-C. That is correct. Oh, my gosh, that's a miracle. (laughs) Let me tell you where that came from. Voice lesson, 16 years old. My mother gives me some random song I got to sing in a competition, and the word idyllic's in there. Alex, Uh your word is languish. Languish. L. A N G U I S H. That is correct. Last round. Let's see how we do. All right. Abigail, 
The word is antithesis. Antithesis? A-N-T-I-T-H-E-S-I-S? That is correct. Alexandria, if you get this, we end in a tie. The word is parody. Parody. P-A-R-O-D-Y, parody. That is correct. Dang. Good job, job, guys. Okay. All right, well, at least we passed. Woo, that was scary and hard. That was, yeah. I can't think about anything else for the rest of the night. <laughs> I was literally stressed the whole time. Me too. Me too. Is that the end? Are we calling it with the spelling bee? No, we're going there's to still a college spelling bees. Oh, they have college spelling bees? I have no idea. <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to look like, it up. What? I'm going to find out. We're going to bring it back. I like all the stress when I'm hosting. <laughs> I want to host again. <laughs> Okay, Alexandria, as Abigail calls you, you are the sage mage of the show. And (laughs) our listeners are often reaching out and asking you for heartfelt advice on some of their life's problems. Uh, I got a couple of questions for you today from listeners. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. The first one is from Amanda. Dear Alexandria, I need your help. My dad has become a huge QAnon conspiracy theorist, and it's becoming a problem. Oh, no. Okay. Every time we speak or see each other, he's talking about a new conspiracy, crazier than the last one. He believes the basics, like the election was rigged and that Biden drinks the blood of babies. But he now (laughs) also believes that JFK Jr. is still alive and running things, that the government Mm. is using vaccines to track us, and the Academy Mm. Awards are fake. In in parentheses. What? Okay, I'm sorry. That's all he said. All the other things are like, okay, I've heard it, I've heard it. (laughs) (laughs) The Academy Awards are That's a new one. Yeah, yeah, that's a new one. Okay. Now on Mother's Day, he told us that he refuses to eat vegetables because vegetables contain radiation that the Chinese government is using for mind control. So from now on, he will only eat meat. Mm. It's Mm. like he's lost his mind. We can't have a conversation with him. The family's always fighting. He compares his QAnon beliefs to his religion and says, we just mm. don't have the faith. My sister mm. and I are at wit's end, and I'm worried my mom is considering divorce. Help. How do we save dad from QAnon? Oh, we. Well, Amanda, I just want to give you all a big old hug because I just say walk away because daddy's a mess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hesitant to even go here. It sounds like he's lost his mind for real. It really does. And you have to tread lightly here. You have to be mindful because, of course, this is your father. You still love him. You still care about him. You have family connected to this person, your mother, other family members you can't get along. There is a lot there. I just say move. Witness protection. (laughs) I'm going with Alex on this one. You can't change people. It Mm -mm. just ain't worth it. You don't want to keep coming after you. You don't, mm-mm, because, girl, he going to think you associated with the pizza box ring or whatever. It's going to be too much, and it might just be goodbye for you and your dad. Okay. I know that sounds sad. What about parental yeah. controls? Block certain websites, certain TV shows. I feel like when it comes to conspiracy theorists, if you've already gone to that space, I don't know if there's I have much an coming back. I have an, you should start making up conspiracies of your <laughs> own and accusing your dad of being in on them. 
The cheese is not really cheese. It's moon rocks. And you know that he got it from a weird dealer down the street. And you got to be as serious as you can. Oh, put him on the defensive. That's Yeah, and make him so fed up with these conspiracies that maybe he'll see the light. But do not let up. That's genius. crack. All right. Abigail, that is genius. All right, Amanda, do that. Gaslight your dad with new conspiracies (laughs) and follow up with us. Exactly. Good luck, Amanda. Okay, I got one more for you, Alex. Ooh, okay. All right. This one's from Richard. Hey, Richard. Dear Alexandria, I recently befriended a male prostitute. Let's call him Dave. Over the weeks, Dave and I have gotten to be close platonic friends. This week, he invited me to come watch him at work with one of his clients. I have been super curious to experience this particular fetish and agreed. And yes, before you say anything, we're being COVID safe. We're all vaccinated, and I will be wearing a mask. Nobody was going to say anything, Richard. <laughs> yeah, I know, Richard. I Richard got I... real defensive. I was all gung-ho about doing this until he sent me a photo of the client. The guy's not necessarily unattractive, but also by no means hot. I hate mm. to say it, but I'm significantly more attractive than his client, which I don't think mm. Richard hates to say that at all. Right. Yeah, I don't think that sounds like something that was hard for you, Rich. <laughs> you split that right in intentionally. We, we got you. <laughs> Maybe, Richard, that's why he's a client. No disrespect, but no, I mean, right? he's hiring a prostitute. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm finding myself jealous that he's more into him than me. Okay, Richard, do you think he's into him or he's getting paid <laughs> by him? I'm clarifying the question. My question is, do I need to get over my jealousy or is this a warning sign that I shouldn't join my friend and his client? What would you do? Richard, I can tell you from the beginning what Alex would have done is not have this be a problem. First of all, Richard, this ain't no platonic <laughs> friendship. I'm going to start there. Yeah. A platonic friendship you're wildly jealous of a client. It's not even a relationship you're jealous yeah. of. Yeah. Once you understand that you are not in a platonic situation, you will probably be able to assess your <laughs> feelings from there. I just want to make sure I understand this. Were they wanting to also get involved on this threesome the, who, you know, Richard wanted to be in, involved, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand. Is Richard watch. watching? What it's, is that? Why? Why, him. Richard? What if this client doesn't want you there watching? Who's asking this unattractive client (laughs) what he wants? Also, is there not escort client confidentiality? What business? Right. Like, he's just like, yeah, bring your friends. Bring your friends. No big deal. You know what? I do not want an escort sending my photo out to people. Yeah, right. Or inviting them along. (laughs) Inviting their friends to work. This is not bringing your friend to work day. You watch. Isn't that what got the people over at Ashley Madison in trouble? Was like you can't. Or what? Isn't that what it was called? Um, yeah. Like that's <laughs> y'all are supposed to be revealing this stuff. Not that, <laughs> but hey, um, I mean, just stay home. I don't know. Thing is, call in sick or something. You can't watch it if it's going to. I don't know. Like just. Stay home and, and decide if you like him or not, Richard. That's my yeah. advice. And if Look you up, like him, then it. you need to decide if you Look can up, accept yeah. dating a prostitute or if he's willing to stop being one. And if you oh. can't get to the end that of that, part. you can't do it. My God, it's a classic pretty woman scenario. <laughs> it really you. is. Mm. I saw the same thing on Moulin Rouge. It never turns out well. It really it doesn't, man. Does. Just get out of there. Okay? Yeah. yeah. 
Richard, we hope that works out for you. Thank you for reaching out to us. If you have any questions for Alexandria, please email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. Today we are going to bring back a bit called character breakdowns. In the acting community, oftentimes we actors are sent a character breakdown that describes the character that we are going to be reading for in our audition. Some of these descriptions are great. They're accurate. They're helpful. They give us a deeper insight into this character. Some of them are not so great. And you have to wonder how you could ever begin to portray the depths of what is being written about. We are going to take some character breakdowns and add those characters into our acting rendition of a famous scene. And today, the scene is going to come from the movie Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) (laughs) The scene that I have chosen from Silence of the Lambs is when Clarice meets Hannibal Lecter. For the first classic time. scene, classic scene. I classic. Love it. Now yeah. we're going to cut it short. I'm not going to get into some of it because Miggs is a particularly disgusting character and I didn't really want to read his stuff. So oh, I was really hoping you would play Miggs. Are you serious? No, no. <laughs> well, he ain't in here. We're going to read through the script first time as is. So George, if you'll be Hannibal and okay. Alex, if you'll be Clarice, we're going to give everybody okay. a breakdown of what the scene sounds like. Then we're going to run it through with some character descriptions to kind of spice it up a little. Okay, I'll read stage directions, and let's do this thing. He's past the others. The last cell you keep to the right. I put out a chair for you. Oh, yes, that's very good. Thank you. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I talk with you? Dr. Hannibal Lecter is lounging on his bunk in white pajamas, reading an Italian vogue. He turns, considers her, a face so long out of the sun it seems almost leached, except for the glittering eyes and the wet, red mouth. He rises smoothly, crossing to stand before her, the gracious host. His voice is cultured, soft. Good morning. Clarice comes a measured distance closer. Doctor, we have a hard problem in psychological profiling. I want to ask for your help with the question here. We, being the behavioral science unit at Quantico, you're one of Jack Crawford's, I expect. I am, yes. May I see your credentials? Clarice is surprised, but fishes her ID card from her bag, holds it up for his inspection. He smiles soothingly. Closer, please. 
closer. She complies each time, trying to hide her fear. Dr. Lecter's nostrils lift as he gently, like an animal, tests the air. Then he smiles, glancing at her card. That expires in one week. You're not real FBI, are you? I'm still in training at the academy. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me. We're talking about psychology, doctor, not the bureau. Can you decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified? Hmm, that's rather slippery of you, Officer Starling. Sit, please. Okay, we're going to do this opening bit when Dr. Lecter meets Clarice again, but this time we're going to spice it up a little with our own character descriptions. George, what's a character description you have? I'm Skippy. (laughs) (laughs) 40 to 45 years old. Skippy is fit for his age and has a natural masculine brood in his appearance and mannerism. Scruffy. Skippy is a 45-year-old sailor with a mysterious past. The Mm -hmm. island beach life suits him. He's got a kind heart, though he masks it impeccably behind his brooding masculine exterior. Just we're gonna hear the word masculine in this. Just so you know, he likes the babe. Masculine. (laughs) It's a man. He's a Gaston. Okay, thank you, Alex. What is your character description gonna be? I am going to be Aria. She is eight to ten years old. (laughs) The perfect presentation of a church kid right down to the frilly socks and Mary Jane shoes. Confident, cheeky smile, loves attention. Perfect. I'm not going to read the stage directions this time. We're just going to go straight on through with these new characters involved. Eight-year-old Clarice, let's take it away. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I talk with you? Morning, bro. Doctor, we have a hard problem in psychological profiling. I want to ask you for help with a questionnaire. We being the behavioral science unit at Quantico? You're one of Jack Crawford's babes, I expect. (laughs) I am, yes. Show me your credentials. And by credentials, I mean tits. Oh, gross. Closer. Come on, closer. That expires in a week. You're not real FBI, are you? I'm still in training at the academy. Sent a trainee to me. We're talking about psychology, doctor, not the bureau. <laughs> Can you decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified? Oh, that's rather slippery of you, Officer Starling. Sit down. And scene. Already we've got a very different <laughs> than we had before. I like it. We're going to go through it one more time. And this time I'm going to hop in. As sidewalk woman playing Clarice, she carries a baby on her hip and is on the street cussing someone out. George, who are you going to be? I'm going to be Conroy Whitfield, 60 to 65-year-old, black male, regal, decisive, with a penchant for control, real estate magnate, and patriarch, sacrifices time and relationships with his many children to build a successful family-controlled business and legacy. Ready? Dr. Lecter, shut up. My name is Clarice Starling. May I talk with you? Good morning. Yeah, doctor, we have a hard-ass problem in psychological profiling. I want to ask you for your help with a questionnaire now. We, being the behavioral science unit at Quantico, you're one of Jack Crawford's, I expect. Yeah, I am. Shut up, kid. May I see your credentials? 
Closer, please. Closer. <laughs> That expires in one week. You are not real FBI, are you? Real f***ing FBI, I'm still in the academy, you a**. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me? We're talking about psychology, Dr. Hat, not the face bureau. Can you decide for your self whether or not I'm faced or qualified? Mmm, that is rather slippery of you, Officer Starling. Sit, please. Fancy. <laughs> awesome. That would have been a very different movie. I think Arya yeah. should have been Clarice. I agree. Uh, right? I think the eight-year-old yeah. Clarice was a stronger yeah. choice. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. This week in Literature Corner, we are reading again from Politically Correct Bedtime Stories by James Finn Garner. This was a popular bit, and we're going to be visiting another story, The Three Little Pigs. Right, and the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf. I'll read the story. Alexandria, you'll be the pigs, and Abigail, you will read for the big bad wolf. I feel like I'm being typecast here. (laughs) The Three Little Pigs. Once there were three little pigs who lived together in mutual respect and in harmony with their environment. Using materials that were indigenous to the area, they built a beautiful house. One pig built a house of straw, one a house of sticks, and one a house of dung, clay, and creeper vines shaped into bricks and baked in a small kiln. When they were finished, the pigs were satisfied with their work and settled to live in peace and self-determination. But their idol was soon shattered. One day, along came a big, bad wolf with expansionist ideas. He saw the pigs and grew very hungry in both a physical and ideological sense. When the pigs saw the wolf, they ran into the house of straw. The wolf ran up to the house and banged on the door, shouting, Little pigs, little pigs, let me in. The pig shouted back. Your gunboat tactics hold no fear for pigs defending their homes and culture. (laughs) But the wolf wasn't to be denied what he thought was his manifest destiny. So he huffed and puffed and blew down the house of straw. The frightened pigs ran to the house of sticks with the wolf in hot pursuit. Where the house of straw had stood, other wolves bought up the land and started a banana plantation. At the house of sticks, the wolf again banged on the door and shouted, Little pigs, little pigs, let me in. The little pig shouted back, Go to hell, you carnivorous, imperialistic oppressor. At this, the wolf chuckled condescendingly. (laughs) He thought to himself, They're so childlike in their ways, it would be a shame to see them go. But progress cannot be stopped. So the wolf huffed and puffed, and blew down the house of sticks. The pigs ran to the house of bricks, with the wolf close at their heels. Where the house of sticks had stood, other wolves built a timeshare condo resort complex for vacationing (laughs) wolves, with each unit a fiberglass reconstruction of the house of sticks, as well as native curio shops, snorkeling, and dolphin shows. At the house of bricks, the wolf again banged on the door and shouted, Little pigs, little pigs, let me in! 
This time, in response, the little pigs sang songs of solidarity and wrote letters of protest to the United Nations. By now, the wolf was getting angry at the pig's refusal to see the situation from the carnivorous point of view. So he huffed and puffed and huffed and puffed, then grabbed his chest and fell over dead of a massive heart attack brought on by eating too many fatty foods. Oh, no. The three little pigs rejoiced that justice had triumphed and did a little dance around the corpse of the wolf. Their next step was to liberate their homeland. They gathered together a band of other pigs who had been forced off their lands. This new brigade of porcinistas attacked the resort complex with machine guns and rocket launchers and slaughtered the cruel wolf oppressors, sending a clear signal to the rest of the hemisphere not to meddle in their eternal affairs. Then the pigs set up a model socialist democracy with free education, universal health care, <laughs> and affordable housing for everyone. Please note, the wolf in the story was a metaphorical construct. No actual wolves were harmed in the writing of this story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that disclaimer. Though much it's more so violent happy. than I was expecting. Yeah. I die of a heart attack? Yeah, that's the dark part. Certainly not the machine gun. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, all the sorry, wolves. sorry. Sorry, I was thinking about myself. <laughs> She's like, well, that's interesting, but not at all about my character. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. Thanks, Jane. Thank you, Jane. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See you next time. Bye. These are the funniest people I know.